1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. Coming up in June, it will be uh, 48 years ago. Coming up in June, it will be 48 years ago that I preached my first message, and it was from John 15. If you have a Bible, let's go to John 15. Today's message is signs of life. Why do some Christians flourish, prosper, and abound in their walk with Christ while other Christians seem bound to an endless treadmill of not going anywhere ever? Why do some Christians get out of debt and others don't? Why do some Christians enjoy peace in their homes while other Christian homes are never rid of strife? Say it out loud. I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is my obedience to the Word that makes my faith work. Since the great freeze of February of 2021, I find myself walking around my property looking for signs of life. I walk past shrub bushes looking for new leaves, new growth, any signs of life. I walk under trees looking for new leaves, new growth, any signs of life. And I find myself wondering, does Father God look at our lives looking for any new growth, any productivity or activity? Does Father God look at our lives looking for any signs of life? Too many of God's people think that faith in God is like magic. No, faith in God is about productivity. John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. 
Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I never cease to be amazed at how there are certain verses in the Word of God everybody just seems to ignore. Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Why would he say remain in my love if it were not possible to not remain in his love? Look at verse 10. This is a hot topic on all modern social media right here. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Everybody wants to ignore this. Everybody wants to ignore how that in the New Testament, obeying the commands of the Word of God are equated with love for God. If you're taking notes, number one, Jesus is the vine and Father God is the gardener. Number one, Jesus is the vine and Father God is the gardener. John 15, 1, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. Say it out loud. I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and it is my obedience to the word that makes my faith work. You see, winners produce and producers win. Number two, the goal of the Christian lifestyle is productivity. The goal of the Christian lifestyle is productivity. This morning, we're talking about how to win in this life, how to be productive in this life, how to bear fruit in this life. Here at Faith Christian Center, we do not teach on how to be happy while you're losing in life. You know, Austin sent me a link about a year back to the son of a famous minister and I thought that these ministers were in my tribe. Oh my gosh, it was, it was just horrifying. I'm messed up. I'm in therapy. I'm sure you're messed up. I'm sure you're in therapy. I mean, it was, just, it was just pitiful. It was just pitiful. Listen, we're not here to tell you how to be happy even while you're losing in life. Like that second testimony, Pastor Sue read that young man, young man, young man, productive. Amen. You, you ought not live a lifestyle to where when they hire you, whoever hired you says they'll never hire another Christian. We are to be productive. Amen. Amen. The problem is too many of God's people think that faith is in God is like magic. No, faith in God is about productivity. John 15, verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Everybody shout, ouch. Now, who's talking here? That hard, tough Apostle Paul? Who's talking? Jesus. He, he says, I'm the vine, my father's the gardener. He says, he cuts off every branch in me, in me, in me, in me. Not some branch over there, not some branch over there, not some branch that, you know, never was a part of the vine. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So at the end of the day, what's Father God looking for? Fruitfulness. Say it again. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is my obedience to the Word that makes my faith work. You see, winners produce and producers win. Number three, since Jesus is the vine, and since the goal of the Christian lifestyle is productivity, we are encouraged to remain in Jesus and to remain in the Word. Since Jesus is the vine, and since the goal of the Christian lifestyle is productivity, we are encouraged to remain in Jesus and to remain in the Word. We live in a time and a day and an age where there are incredibly powerful, deluding, lying spirits that are loose. I was saying to Austin before the service that it, it depends on the age. I think in the time of Nero, I think in the time of Stalin, I think in the time of Adolf Hitler, there are times in history where the power of the deluding spirit seems greater than other ages, other generations, other centuries. But we are right now, we are right now living through a time where there are powerful, deluding, lying spirits that are loose. And frankly, I'm alarmed. It's on the app. You ought to, if you were not there, you ought to watch the power lunch. The ladies, you were not there. You ought to watch the power lunch. If you were there, you ought to go back and watch it again. There are powerful, lying, deluding spirits loose in the earth. And I'm horrified at how believers are believing lies. And it seems to me they're not reading the Bible. You know, you might think the annual Bible reading is a chore. One precious sister came to me. It was so sweet. And she said, Pastor Gene, when you do the annual Bible reading, she leaned in and whispered, do you really read the book of Leviticus? <laughs> and I, I laughed and I said, sister, I said, the book of Leviticus is not half as boring as the book of Numbers. I said, I said, you just power through it, amen? And then you get to something more interesting. But I told her, it, it, it's amazing how you can be in the midst of the most boring book or chapter in the Bible, and there'll be a truth leap off the page, and, and you could go to court, and you could swear you never read that before, but you read the Bible last year. I mean, just something like, and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, how did I ever not see that? And I said, that's the power of the Word of God. That's why we do the annual Bible reading. But the annual Bible reading builds into us in a, a kind of a spiritual immunity against these lying spirits that are out here. Nothing's new. You understand in Nero's time when, when Paul was preaching and traveling in the Roman Empire, you understand they were trafficking in boys, they were trafficking in girls, they were doing sex with minors, they were doing sex with girls, they were doing sex with boys. Man is evil. 
And this is the basic difference between conservatism and liberalism. Liberals believe man is inherently good. That's why they want to turn all the criminals loose. Because if you just give them another chance, you know, they won't rape and murder. Well, they will because, see, a conservative believes man is evil. That's why you have to have laws. That's why you have to have police. That's, if man were not evil, why would God have a place called hell? And also, because liberals believe man is good, they don't see the need for a savior. But conservative people, I'm not saying they're Christians, they at least understand man is evil, so they at least understand that Christianity has a Savior. There is a need for a Savior because man is not good. Man is wicked. And when you let man do whatever man wants to do, you're going to have a bunch of evil stuff going on. So it's our connection to Jesus that puts life in us. But there's just too many, listen, I love you, but I'm telling you the truth. There are too many people who claim connection to Jesus, but they have no signs of life. If you're connected to Jesus, somebody should be getting a saved around you. If you're connected to Jesus, somebody ought to be getting free of the devil around you. If you're connected to Jesus, somebody ought to be getting healed around you. If you're connected to Jesus, you ought to, ha you ought to be walking in some supernatural prosperity, and you ought to be walking in some supernatural blessing. In other words, like I'm walking around my property looking at shrubs and trees, and I'm looking for new growth, because, you know, I'm believing God, I won't have to replace anything. I don't want to spend a bunch of money replacing stuff. I already spent a bunch of money to put in the earth. Amen? Well, I wonder if Father God's walking around looking at us and wondering how come there aren't more signs of life? You know, the guy that does some planting at my house asked me about some particular shrubs out, outside the kitchen window, and I said, I said, they're as dead as Julius Caesar. How do you know that? Well, not anywhere. Sometimes things come out slow, but, and then sometimes things come out a little bit here and not there and then here and not there. But over time, if you see a sign of life, then you have hope for the whole plant. Do you understand? But if the whole plant doesn't have any sign of life, you think, man, that, that thing's as dead as Julius Caesar. So our lives ought to have signs of life. Somebody ought to be getting saved around us. Somebody ought to be getting healed around us. Somebody ought to be getting free of a devil around us. And there ought to be some supernatural prosperity and blessing on our lives. Amen. Verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. Now when he says that, remain in me and I will remain in you, I learned from Dr. Frederick Casey Price to turn the coin over and ask what the Bible is not saying. So when he says, remain in me and I will remain in you, I've got to ask the question, if I don't remain in him, will he remain in me? See, remain in me and I, I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So... Is a fruitless Christian life a Christian life? You cannot bear fruit that will last by yourself. You can't. You must remain connected to the vine, to Christ, to the Word. And you cannot bear fruit that will last if you allow yourself 
<clears throat> to, become <clears throat> to become disconnected from Christ and from the Word. And there's a great evil in the land right now. But it's an evolution of what's been going on for a long time. You know, uh, this church is non-denominational. And there's no inherent virtue in that. But I just decided early on that I didn't want to be called into making a decision between a denomination and the word. Because I knew which way the decision would go, and I knew people would be disappointed in me, so why even bother going down that road in the first place? But you got folks, and they're, they're more committed to Baptist than Christ, or more committed to Methodist than Christ, or more committed to Trump than Christ, or more committed to the Republicans than Christ, or more committed to the Democrats than Christ. And the problem is, the problem is, the problem is, you know, back in the 90s, we had friends in the ministry, and we would even vacation with them, and, you know, we spent time with them, and we loved them. And, uh, but when I, when I found out they were voting for abortion, that was it. Because I can't truck with that. I just can't truck with that. I mean, it may look like we're in the same tribe. You know, we both talk about Jesus. We both talk about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. But see, I've got to have a faith that is obedient to the Word of God. Amen. Now, I realize some people say they're pro-life, and then they get in power, and, and, and they're not pro-life. Uh, this, is, this is human nature. This is people. People lie. Have you figured that out? But I mean, I cannot knowingly, listen to what I'm saying. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot knowingly vote for human trafficking. I cannot willingly, knowingly vote for abortion. I cannot willingly, knowingly vote for any drag queens in public schools. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because, because I'm not just a, a, a Christian. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm obedient to the Word of God. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, they, they can lie to you and you believe them and that you go vote and then you find out later they were scamming you. All right, but I'm saying knowingly. I cannot knowingly know their position on Tra uh, stopping puberty in children or abortion or any of that and go in there and pull the lever. I can't do it. Now listen to me. It's little things like this. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's little things like this, I think, that sabotage the productivity of God's people. And it's misguided loyalties. So coming up in June, I will have been preaching the gospel 48 years. So if you added up all the people that I have seen backslide, lose out with God because of drugs, because of alcohol, because of porn, because of cigarettes, because of whatever, add them all up they would not equal the people I have seen turn from and abandon Christ because of wrong friends. Amen. 
Because, see, whatever you put ahead of God is going to bite you in the backside. Because he is the Lord, and he will, he will be second to no other. So we have to stay connected to the vine. And the vine calls himself what? The vine calls himself the word of God. And he says right here in John 15, 10, that if we love him, we will obey his commands. We see the same thing over in 1 John chapter 5. Say it out loud. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is my obedience to the word that makes my faith work. So what I'm saying this morning is winners produce and producers win. Number four, the father who is the gardener doesn't have much use for unproductive followers. The the father who is the gardener doesn't have much use for unproductive followers. In Jesus' day, there was the crowd. In fact, the world has taken the Greek phrase hoi polloi, which the Greek New Testament uses for the crowd, to mean common people or people of no particular accomplishment. You hear that phrase, that Greek phrase used in conversation in in America, hoi polloi. It means common people or people of no particular accomplishment. But in Jesus' day, there wasn't just the crowd, there was the 72 disciples. And then there wasn't just the 72 disciples, there was the 12 disciples. And then there wasn't just the 12 disciples, there were the three in the inner circle. The point is that just as water finds its own level, so too you find your own level in God in Christ and in his word. You can be common or you can be uncommon. Listen to what I'm saying. You can be common or you can be uncommon. Listen to what I'm saying. You can be common or you can be uncommon. You know, this young man that sold these 19 homes in one day, he's got his whole life ahead of him. But unfortunately, there's a whole string of decisions that are going to be in front of him. I mean, it doesn't matter how focused on the word he is. doesn't matter uh, what kind of go-getter he is. doesn't matter who his parents are. If he goes and he marries some pro-trans agenda, pro-abortion, liberal nut job, he won't be productive. You can't be productive if you're married to crazy. I mean, if you wake up every day and you're wondering what demoniac Satan put in your bed overnight, it's kind of hard to go out and make a living and be productive. Is anybody hearing me this morning? So if I want an uncommon lifestyle... I have to make uncommon decisions. If I want to live at an uncommon level, then I have to exhibit uncommon commitment. If I want to, if I want to pr- produce uncommon levels of prosperity in my life, I have to make an uncommon commitment to God and to the Word of God. I mean, this is the generation, we've got people sitting here this morning and they get hauled into human human resources for insisting that employees show up at work on time. See, in other words, just like water finds its level, people find their level. And so if you're a 
if you're a lazy daisy in the world, you're not going to make the big money. But in the same way, if you're a lazy daisy for Jesus, you're not going to be productive for Jesus. You see how they're shouting me down, Austin? They just love it. Yeah, glory. Amen. We set our course. We determine where we're headed. If anyone, verse 6, does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. See, you can be a part of the crowd, the hoi polloi, or you can be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it out loud. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is my obedience to the Word that makes my faith work. You see, winners produce and producers win. Number five, the power of faith, the power of discipleship, the, pow it, the power of faith, the power of discipleship, and the power of obedience to the word are all in the one, all in the same thing. The power of faith, the power of discipleship, and the power of obedience to the word are all one and the same thing. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now, we love John 15, 7, but the fact of the matter is, John 15, 7 comes after John 15, 1 to 6, and then is followed by the rest of John 15. It doesn't just happen. And, you know, this new generation doesn't like the book of James because in James chapter 2, it uses the word works. But look at James 2, verse 17 in the NIV, in the same way faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Verse 20, faith without deeds is useless. Verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Verse 24, a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In Jesus' language, he said it this way, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. But see, if, if, we're, not, if we're hearers of the word and not doers of the word, we are self-deceived, we are self-deluded. In other words, it just isn't going to work. It's like the guy that shows up a half hour late, takes a two-hour lunch break, and leaves an hour early. He th but, but, but we've all met that guy. We've all met that guy. We've all met that guy. He shows up a half hour late. He takes two hours for lunch. He leaves an hour early. But when there's a promotion slot open, he thinks he's going to get it. And then when he doesn't get it, well, then he rolls out uh, discrimination lawsuits or whatever because you know he thinks he should get it the real world operates the way it operates because God created the laws that are at work in the earth and and Washington can pass all kinds of laws to to negate the law of gravity but guess what they can't do anything about the law of gravity I mean, you know, all of the trillions of dollars they've spent trying to outsmart a virus, but every time I see a chart, every, the more a state does to stop the virus, the worse their infection rates are. Then I read about a country that I, I preached in Nicaragua. I preached in Nicaragua from the Pacific Ocean over to the Atlantic Ocean. I preached in Nicaragua when it was still communist. And Nicaragua didn't do one thing about the virus, and they only had 177 people die nationwide. Didn't lift a finger. You know why? It's almost like what mankind has experienced for the last 6,000 years or so. A virus is going to virus. 
it's, a, it's almost like, you know, amazing. So government thinks they can step in there and repeal the law of gravity. It ain't going to work. They think they can get in there and control a virus. Look, if they can't get you toilet paper in a lockdown, how are they going to control a virus? If they can't control that border down there, how are they going to control a virus? Say it out loud. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is my obedience to the Word that makes my faith work. See, what I'm saying today is winners produce and producers win. Number six, God is glorified through your productivity. Tell your neighbor, God is glorified through your productivity. John 15, 8. And I'm going to say a hard thing, so brace yourselves. I've been doing this now coming up in June. I will have been preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ 48 years, and I'm going to tell you something, and it's a hard thing, but it is utterly true. In my 48 years of preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more, the more spiritual people, the more spiritual somebody acts, the less productive they are. People can be so spiritual, literally it makes my flesh crawl. And I don't know what it is about famous ministers. I could stand here and I could name a famous minister and another famous minister and they have these weird, oh, strange, creepy, crawly prophetesses hanging around. I got a prophetess in my bed at night, but I'll tell you what, she's not creepy and crawly and she's not a weirdo. Why is he making it so plain on Easter? Look, there's no point in you thinking we're just, you know, all PC and then coming to Easter and thinking, oh, this is so nice. You may as well know who we are. Yeah, we, we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shout it out loud. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about these ministers, famous, famous ministers, and they, they keep some creepy, weird, strange, bizarre. Austin and I went to a Kenneth Hagin meeting in Florida, Lakeland, I think that was Lakeland, Florida. One of these famous ministers came in, and he had one of these old weird, weird, weird prophetesses with him in the entourage, and they, they got seated, and she turned around, and she started doing this to me, you know, like she was sending spiritual darts my way, and, and Austin turned to me and said, what did you do to her? I said, I've never even met her. I've never even met her. She's just a weirdo. Amen. Look at me, brothers and sisters in the Lord. I, I'm not, my goal in life has not been to be a weirdo. My goal in life has been to be productive for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? If we were weirdos, the, the Summerall organization wouldn't have made a special video for us. They, they made a special video for us because of all that money we send them. Hallelujah. I mean, we're talking about reality, reality, the way the world really works. You young people, don't be marrying weirdos. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you go on a date and they get done talking and you think, what the heck did they get done saying? Don't go back. Amen. You know, and some people, you know, they're so spiritual. 
They're just weird. Weird, 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 weird. I'm here to declare on Easter Sunday in the year of our Lord 2021 that my Father God is not a weirdo. His Son Jesus is not a weirdo. His Holy Spirit is not a weirdo. Hallelujah. They, they, are, they are the creators of all that our eyes see. And when you go out there after the big freeze in February, if you're like me, you're looking at the shrubs and the trees and you're looking for signs of life. And when they look at us, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for how weird you can be. They're not, look, they're, they're not saying, oh, he, look at that. She's really weird. She's weirder this year than last year. Good job. Oh, look at that. He's so weird. He's no earthly good whatsoever. Good job. That's not God. That's not God. That's not God. No, that's not God. Read John 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You don't show yourself to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ by freaking everybody the heck out. God is glorified through your productivity. Christians have lived lives so far under the radar. Now we got Christ under the radar. We've got success and prosperity being defined as bad. This concept of success and prosperity being bad has Roman Catholic roots and has no business in any Protestant church. God is glorified through your productivity. In fact, not only is God glorified through your productivity, God is offended by those who are unproductive and unfruitful. The problem is too many of God's people think that faith in God is like magic. No, faith in God is about productivity. Look back at verses 1 and 2. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Say it out loud. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's my obedience to the word that makes my faith work. You see, winners produce and producers win. Number seven, it is our productivity in Christ that brings us joy. It is our productivity in Christ that brings us joy. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Psalm 103.5 says that God satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Why is this such a secret in the body of Christ? Why do so few people act like and talk like God wants to bless them? Why do so few people act like and talk like God wants them to be productive in their faith and in their walk with God? Say it again. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is my obedience to the word that makes my faith work. What I'm saying this morning is winners produce and producers win. And finally, number eight, Jesus is the ultimate sign of life. Jesus is the ultimate sign of life. Now let's leave the gospel of John. Let's go over to Matthew's gospel, Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the, look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. I love verse 6. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Say it out loud. He is not here. He, is not here. he has risen, just as he said. 
come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. The bottom line reality of the situation is this. The reason so many Christians are broke, busted, and disgusted is because they have been disobedient to the written word of God. It's not just that their faith is failing. The reality is... They didn't have any faith to begin with. And how do we know that they didn't have any faith to begin with? Because Jesus taught us in John, John's gospel, that a man is what he does. So there are multitudes who populate many of America's churches today who are living defeated lives and they have no faith. They are disobedient children. And that is why so many Christians are broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm telling you, the Word of God is the roadmap. I'm telling you, the Word of God is the vine that we plug into. Jesus is the Word, John 1, 1, and the Word is Jesus. You can't be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and a rejecter of the Word of God. If I'm going to stand with Jesus, I stand with the Word of God. When I stand with the Word of God, I stand with Jesus. And as I find out what the Bible says about any topic in life, And as I become a doer of the Word of God on any topic of life, I become productive for the kingdom of God, I bear fruit for the kingdom of God, and I show God's signs of life. Whether it's going to work or how to pick a mate or how to live a a married life or how to raise children, the Word of God is the rule. And when I will go to the Word of God and find out from the Word of God how I should conduct myself on the job, how I should conduct myself as an employee, how I should conduct myself as an employer, how I should conduct myself as a husband, how I should conduct myself as a father, whatever the topic, if I will go to the Word of God and be a doer of the Word of God, I will be productive in this life. I will live at a supernatural level of productivity in my life. I will bear fruit for Jesus. I will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. I will bear fruit in the natural. I will show not only my Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ, but I will show this old, dark, dying, going to hell world signs of life. Can I get an amen this morning? Shout it out loud, I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's my obedience to the Word of God that makes my faith work. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817 561 
or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.